It's Friday, March the 5th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the Fed speaks, markets shudder, and China sets a new target. First, the world in brief. Stock markets fell after Jerome Powell, chairman of America's Federal Reserve, said he expects a short-term rise in inflation, but not sharp enough to increase interest rates. Mr Powell insisted that the Fed will keep rates near zero until America reaches maximum employment and inflation averages 2% over time. Some economists worry that low rates combined with President Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus package might overheat the economy. China reintroduced an annual GDP target after skipping the ritual last year because of the pandemic. Speaking at the country's annual rubber stamp parliament, which opened today, Li Keqiang, the prime minister, said he wanted to see growth this year of above 6%. Following a COVID-induced slowdown in 2020, that should be relatively easy to achieve. The UN's High Commissioner for Human Rights called for an independent investigation into alleged war crimes in Tigray, Ethiopia's northernmost region. Soldiers may have killed thousands of civilians late last year. Eritrean troops fighting in aid of the Ethiopian government may be responsible for some of the worst atrocities, including a massacre at a church service which killed 20 schoolchildren. Italy blocked the export of 250,000 doses of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine bound for Australia. It is the first European Union country to invoke rules empowering member states to prevent the shipment of vaccines by firms that had not fulfilled local obligations. AstraZeneca has delivered fewer doses than promised to the EU, citing production problems. Meanwhile, Germany's health authority said the AstraZeneca vaccine could now be used on over 65s, reversing its previous position. America suspended some retaliatory tariffs against British goods, including Scotch whisky, for four months after Britain cancelled tariffs on certain American imports. The levies were imposed as part of a long-standing tit-for-tat trade war between the European Union and America over subsidies for Airbus and Boeing, two playmakers. Britain hopes the suspension will buy goodwill for a trade deal with America. Britain's competition regulator opened an investigation into Apple, following complaints that the technology giant sets terms for app providers which restrict consumer choice or are otherwise unfair. Meanwhile, the European Commission is poised to bring formal charges against Apple a year after Spotify, a music streaming service, lodged a similar complaint. And Deliveroo reportedly hopes to achieve a valuation of $10 billion when it lists its shares in London. Its valuation has soared alongside lockdown-induced demand for food delivery. The firm said it chose London after the British government proposed new listing rules that would benefit startups. DoorDash, another food delivery service, was valued at $60 billion after its IPO in New York in December. And now, here's today's agenda. Reversing the signal. America's labour market. Watch the financial markets after today's American jobs report. For weeks, investors have been chewing over the risk of higher inflation and interest rates. The labour market remains deeply troubled. Some 18 million Americans were receiving unemployment insurance benefits in the week ending February 27th, 745,000 of whom were new to the unemployment rolls. Consensus has it that the economy created 182,000 net new jobs in February. But a better-than-expected payrolls count would trigger another round of speculation that the economy will recover quickly from the pandemic as vaccines continue to roll out, leading the Federal Reserve to tighten monetary policy faster than it currently expects. Workers would welcome a rebound in which the 10 million jobs lost over the past year came back quickly. 
But because low interest rates underpin today's sky-high asset prices, in the present economic environment, seemingly good news can make both bond markets and stock markets fall. Rituals of Rioting Capitals Q Sharman in the Dock A lawyer for Jacob Chansley, the bison-horned capital rioter known as Q Sharman, appears in court today to plead for his client's bail. Albert Watkins argues that his client is neither violent nor a flight risk, and incarceration imperils his health. His shamanic beliefs prevent him from taking a COVID-19 vaccine, and the virus is rampant in American prisons. More than 300 people have been charged in connection with the riots. More than one-tenth have connections to far-right groups, around the same share with military or law enforcement history. The charges include assaulting police officers, destruction of government property, and conspiracy, with the latter accusation likely to grow more common as prosecutors build their cases. The pace of arrests has slowed in recent weeks, largely because the initial arrests were so easy, thanks to the suspect's social media posts. One man was caught after announcing on Facebook, I am wanted by the FBI for illegal entry. Still bearing the cross. The Pope visits Iraq. Today, Pope Francis lands in Iraq for the first ever papal tour of the country. The pontiff shrugged off concerns about COVID-19 and terrorism. At least 32 people were killed in a suicide bombing in Baghdad, the capital, in January, to press on with his first official trip since the pandemic began. His visit will be a morale boost for the country's beleaguered Christian minorities. Their numbers have declined from 1.2 million in the 1990s to an estimated 250,000 today. Wars and persecution by Islamic State forced many to flee overseas or abandon their homelands in the north for other parts of the country. The jihadists of IS have been routed and Western governments and NGOs have poured money into rebuilding the country, with many focusing in particular on areas of sizable Christian populations. But fear for their lives deter many from returning to their old homes. Even a visit from the Pope cannot lure them all back. Shooting in the Dark China's GDP Target Few figures are as closely watched or as hotly disputed as China's annual GDP target. For decades, central planners have announced the number during the annual National People's Congress as a signal for how fast the country's economy should run that year. Rarely has the economy underperformed. The key question this year had been whether there would be a public target. The government skipped it in 2020 for the first time in memory because of the pandemic. Many analysts thought the technocrats in Beijing would pass on it again this time around. Not so. Today, the MPC set a rough target of above 6%. That should be easy to achieve, given last year the economy grew at a pandemic-distorted rate of just 2.3%. The low base will give policymakers a chance to excel, especially compared with Western rivals that are still grappling with COVID-19 outbreaks. Deja vu. Ivory Coast selection. Tomorrow, voters go to the polls for parliamentary elections in Ivory Coast. Just over four months ago, the opposition boycotted a controversial election in which the incumbent president, Alassane Ouattara, ran, unconstitutionally, his critics said, for a third term. Scores of people were killed in protests. Efforts to challenge the results fizzled out. Thanks in part to the boycott, Mr Ouattara won handily. This time, however, the main opposition parties are taking part. Yet their chances of success may be hampered by division. Two of the opposition groups, linked to former presidents Henri Conan-Bedier and Laurent Bagbo, have formed an alliance. 
but hopes of a united opposition with all parties have foundered. Despite all the manoeuvring, it all looks terribly familiar. Messrs Bedier, Bagbo and Watera have dominated Ivorian politics for 30 years, often to ill effect. Plus ça change. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Rosa Luxemburg, who was born on this day in 1871. Women's freedom is the sign of social freedom. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.